So this kind of stuff between you, your son, and your husband was like typical joking around kind of stuff. It was. Okay, so did you, when you look back at these texts now, and you see that there's a demon throwing bowls and things like that, now looking back, do you think, oh my gosh, he had mental issues? No. What do you think was going on? Just what I said, that it was just him messing around. It only, he only, he only did it when we weren't at home, and it was for a short period of time, and then I think he got bored. Jennifer Crumbly, the mother of the accused Oxford High shooter, took the stand yesterday in her involuntary manslaughter trial, testifying about her family life, her parenting decisions, and her teenage son who carried out the shooting at Oxford High. Let's uh, get some insight on her testimony from attorney Todd Flood of Flood Law, joining us this morning on JR Morning. Good morning, Todd. Hey, good morning, boys. Before we before Thanks we get you're welcome. Before we get into this specific testimony, I'm just curious of what you think about the defense attorney in this case, and if you believe she's providing an adequate defense. Well, that's a, uh, a loaded question. I I um, I, I would uh, I I don't think um, this is uh, a trial that uh, she has done before or a homicide case before. I think she's talked about that. Um, I, it's, for me, it's very difficult to, to watch um, this go forth the way the defense is presenting the case. Maybe there's a strategy here. I'm not quite seeing it. Uh, the rules of evidence, um, I don't necessarily know if they're uh, um, completely being followed by her. One of the one of the striking things to me, I guess this is very telling, and, and you know, for every listener out there, when the defense uh, put her client on the stand, and the defendant is up there, and, and they're talking about the flight, you know, they're talking about how you were you were were you leaving and trying to get out of the you know the state, were you on the lamb, and she said, well, I was following your advice, and. Everyone around uh, that was watching that in the legal circles kind of mouth hit the ground saying, wait a second, did, did you just put your, your attorney on the stand as a witness, a potential witness, because yeah. you have to explain away. You know, so you, before your client gets up on the stand, you have thoroughly gone through every mm -hmm. piece of, of testimony. And that preparation, that part of it to, to many, I think, was kind of shocking. Um, I will say this. She, she did get out of um, her clients, and we can get into that, but the specifics of her defense, which I'm not necessarily sure everyone's going to buy, you know, the self-serving statements, that she had an innocent explanation for everything there was. Mm -hmm. I mean, it started, Todd, with pictures. She wanted to put them into evidence, all these thumbnails, and the prosecution's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And it was, you know, we're the perfect happy family, and I don't think many people b believe it. Yeah, I think that's, that's true. It's so self-serving, and there's an innocent explanation for every single thing. Um, and, and it's been my experience with juries, especially uh, when a client takes the stand, um, that those things don't work. They don't, they don't, you know, you can't hang your hat on it because nothing's that perfect, right? Nothing's that pure. So, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have the, the pulse of what the jury's thinking and how it is, you know, in person right there. 
but when you watch it, uh, um, it, it watched her testify, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's difficult to buy all of that. But um, again, we talked about it before, you know, that's the only defense she can have. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, one other thought about that is that uh, I was talking with others about that even though she's not on trial for being a bad mom, allegedly, you know, is it a mitigating fact that she was such a horrific parent that she really didn't know her kid, her son, and she really didn't know anything about him because she was so horrific at parenting that she she had no idea he was going to, you know, do these terrible acts. I think that's a terrible defense, but it almost sounds like, uh, you know, that could be that could be a ploy here. I'm not quite sure. Uh, she claimed that she did not play a role in the purchase of the weapon, though she didn't object to it. She claimed that it was the husband's responsibility to oversee and supervise Ethan with it, and that he, that she, he quote, he did what you're supposed to do. He hid the weapon. Well, anybody that knows anything about firearms would tell you in terms of safety protocol, no, you need to use the locks that Lock are provided yeah. with, with the weapon. But she basically put it all on him. Is that an effective right. defense, or will the jury say, yeah, but you should have taken a greater role here? Well, that's the plan B, right? Plan B defense, put it on somebody else, point the figure at someone else. You know, it wasn't me, it was this guy. He was the one that was responsible. I mean, that's poppycock, right? I, I just don't buy that. I don't think anyone reasonable would buy that as a parent. So you, if you know your son, one, you, you know the stressors of your son, but I mean, it's kind of fantastical that she, the husband was to think this, that the husband was the only one responsible for the gun in the household when she is the one caught in the photos taking the son to target practice and mm-hmm. the son helping her, you know, shoot the gun, right? So, you know, is the parent then there, you know, not you know, the adult, not partially or actually not partially, totally responsible for making sure that safety is followed? When you're putting your hands on a deadly weapon, you, you're following every rule of precaution to make sure you treat it as such as a deadly weapon. So she put her hands on it. She knew it was there. And, yeah, you're, it's your home. It's your castle, your dwelling. It's not someone else's responsibility as much as it is hers. So I don't buy that. Um, uh, you know, the floodism of poppycock, I think that is a poppycock defense. It just doesn't, doesn't sell that it would only be the husband. We're talking about the Jennifer Crumley case with attorney Todd Flood on uh, WJR Morning. Todd, let me ask you, uh, should they have introduced that, uh, the, the affair? Because they, they tried to keep, they wanted to keep it out. They won that, that, you know, they want to keep it out. The defense kind of brought it up. So now the prosecution is going to go really after her in this cross-exam. How is that going to play a part and affect the jury that this affair comes up? Can they, well, they look at this as like, okay, she was, you know, having an affair and that, and and that could be an issue. Took her eye off the ball. Yeah, yeah. I think it's possible that you know that the jury can look with a jaundiced eye um, on the affair, and you know um, that she is uh, a liar by uh, 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 or doesn't have doesn't come with the necessary. You know, when do we know she's lying up on the stand? You lied to your husband. You lied to your family. How do? Is there some tell we have that we can get from you when you're, you know, not telling the truth? Um, so, you know, I can definitely see 
a cross-examination is, you know, you, you, you don't have morals, you have rules, and the rule is what's in the best interest for you, right? So I can see that cross taking place. That's where I'd kind of go with it a little bit. But um, I, I, I am very interested in it. I am going to go. I do have to be in Oakland County Circuit, so I am going to uh, stop in and watch the portion of the cross-examination today because I think there's so much fodder for um, cross-examination. The, the affair in and of itself is, is one part, um, and the defense brought it up and brought it in, uh, even though in, in the beginning Judge Matthews kept it out. Right. But the prosecution, defense opens that door. Maybe they were trying to make her human. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was humanizing her to some extent. But um, the, the paramour in the case, he, he basically threw her under the bus. Um, when he testified, he didn't, he didn't, uh, you know, the text messages were to him after the shooting, you know? Uh, so it was very odd, yeah. very strange. That, that, that was the confidant didn't reach out to the husband, reached out to the right. boyfriend. Right, the... right. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of odd. So, yeah. you know, yeah. And the other question, and... the first question I know that you'd be asking is when you heard about your son's troubled artwork why didn't you tell everybody about the gun that was at the home um todd we will uh, we'll look forward to that cross-examination as eagerly as you will and uh, we'll have a chance to talk about it monday you got it thanks guys have a great weekend you too you too todd flood attorney and managing partner at flood law when we come back a survey of auto dealers with a devastating message for president joe biden 